twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today, we'll talk about using two-way radios at church. We'll learn how radios are used in church activities and events, some of the features and functionality needed for radio communications within these environments, and recommend some types of radios and accessories best suited to meet those needs. We'll also review the Kenwood TK3300 Business Two-Way Radio and take some of your questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Buytwowayradios.com, your radio specialists. So, let's talk about using radios at church. I can imagine they're used in a number of ways. Yeah, we hear from a lot of churches that are looking to buy radios or in- incorporate two-way radios into their service or, um, I guess, the production of their service in-, in one way or another. And it seems like there's a lot of different ways that churches are using radios. There's not a single way that, that churches use radios. There's a variety of ways. And uh, I guess let's go through a few of them. Okay. Uh, and Anthony, when you go to church, uh, what's the first thing that you see the radios being used for? Well, first spot or area I see them being used is uh, in parking. Um, I go to a fairly large church; um, about five thousand people attend, but it's a big, big parking lot. I mean, it's it's huge. It's it can, you know, on a Sunday, they do Saturday services, Sunday services. It can be pretty packed. I can imagine with that many members. Yeah, you've got, I mean, it's kind of yeah. like parking at a theme park or something. You got to remember where you parked, and you know. Do, but with that many people, you've got—I uh, don't know how many people directing traffic, but there's dozens. And I mean, dozens upon dozens of people out there, and, and they're using radios to communicate. Got an earpiece in there saying, "Okay, lot three is full. Open up lot four and and start you know funneling people in there." Um, they also do like a valet parking for the elderly and handicapped. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. you know, Mr. or Mrs. Smith get done with service. They can radio, bring us Mr. Mr. Smith's car and, you know, they bring it right up. Is that before they go home and start shooting at each other? Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Okay. I, I saw a movie. <laughs> <laughs> didn't seem real appropriate with it being a church <laughs> podcast. But. Yeah, I didn't know where he was going with yeah. that, but yeah. <laughs> all right. I um, get it now. Well, you know, and I see cops out there directing traffic out on the main road going in and out of, yeah. of the churches a lot. And I've attended a large uh, church as well where they generally have uh, cops stationed outside there. Now, I'm not sure if they really coordinate with the police, the people uh, parking inside. I don't know if they coordinate with the police on the radios or not, but uh, I can imagine that, it would be uh, a good option to give the, option. the officer a radio so he can stay in contact with staff from the church. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can see that working well. Now, aside from the parking, I, I would guess uh, security, too. Yeah, um, I imagine your church, as large as it is, there's a, a big security staff, and its radios are essential for those guys to stay in contact. Yeah, it's about, I mean, it's, we live in a world now where you wouldn't think you need security at church, but you do. You need security anywhere nowadays. But um, Well, church is about making people feel safe, so... Um, yeah, and you know the security part of it's not just to keep the bad out, but you know also if you've got yeah. a lost child or um, I mean our church is probably I mean, it's a big building, it's a real big building, but it's well stuff a happens. Few stories, I mean, somebody kid trips gets, or yeah, or, you, you know you need uh, constant communication. You know, little Billy goes running off, you need to get a hold, yeah. you know, lock the doors or find this little kid wearing the you know certain kind of clothes or whatever, but. Um, but also, you know, there's other security concerns at churches now where they, you know, can justify using radios. Somebody gets sick or has some trouble somewhere in, in the facility, you know, it's important to get that communication out there so they can they can get help. Right. And, of course, that goes into uh, ushering. I've seen ushers that, that carry the radios, the surveillance headpieces, walking around, and, and uh, of course, uh, you know when they're taking up collections too. They, they sometimes use them to coordinate that. Yeah, yeah. Any type of coordination that you're gonna gonna need to do when running a church service, you're gonna need to be able to communicate, and radios and earpieces, especially, facilitate that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're seeing Same. churches grow now. It used to be when you were younger, churches were just a little single single room. Now, some of them still are. Yeah, some of them still are, but in you know some of your bigger cities, they've got uh, they've got bigger buildings. They got mm-hmm. uh, you know Sh- Charlotte for one has a few churches that are just rather large that you're not going to get away with just you know finding somebody that you need to get a hold of right there next to you necessarily. They're going to be true. off uh, coordinating something else or you know somewhere off different in the building. Well, even in the really small churches, you know, if you're you're needing to seat people, if you're an usher, you're trying to find seats. And the church that I used to attend, sometimes it would get crowded, during, especially during the holidays. Yeah. You know, everybody would want to be there for that service, and seating would become a real problem. And then you would have ushers, you know, uh, you'd have an usher in the back greeting people as they came in, especially when the service was starting and people were coming in late. Um, then he'd be on the radio, and then you'd have an usher down each aisle looking for free seats. And then you know they would say, "Oh, you know, you know, I got two over here and one this way." And the usher up front uh, with the uh, the newcomers could sit there and say, "Okay, let's see, I got two I can see here. Sometimes I might have to split a few of you up. You know, put two of you here and one of you here." And then they kind of coordinate that, and it makes it a little bit easier to seat everybody, and, and it makes it go a lot faster. Yeah. Right. So in that way, people aren't uh, walking up and down the aisles, disturbing the service, looking, uh, oh, is there a seat there? Uh, you know. That's right. Uh, a lot of large churches now are also simulcasting to other locations off-site. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in those types of situations, you've got the video production booth where you're going to need a lot of coordination using radios to um, you know, camera people and, um, I guess, producers. So that that's another use that we're seeing more and more of for churches and radios. And of course, church events. I mean, uh, churches are always putting on some sort of event. You know, whether it's a church carnival or or a fair, or, or, Easter or egg hunt, yeah, kind of things thing. like that. We got a lot Christmas of Christmas shows. We got a lot of churches that call now and that 
um, they'll travel to different arenas and things like that for conferences and events and things like that. And we get a lot of them that'll buy a ton of radios just to to be able to communicate amongst themselves as their group. They've got 50 people that go in their group, and they're in this, you know, the Bobcats arena or they're in a stadium of some sort and to be able to communicate. I've attended uh, church conventions in years past where, you know, you get eight to 10,000 people in one of those arenas, and, mm-hmm. and, and you really need people on the radios for the security and the parking and, and, and all of those things. They become a vital form of communication. When you're handling thousands of people, that type of communication becomes um, crucial. Right. Absolutely. Also, administration, just... Um, you know, during the week when there may not be a service going on, you've still got employees at some of these mm-hmm. churches that um, need to stay in touch with one another. Mm-hmm. And that that's another good use for radios. Mm-hmm. Now, some of the feature requirements, uh, some of the things that, that churches need for radios to do. Um, Top of that list, I, I would put accessories. Um, accessories give you discreet, quiet communications. It, in a church environment or a church service, the last thing you want to hear is radio chatter interrupting a yeah. sermon or, um, you know, and it's distracting when you're trying to get people in and out. So um, in the churches we talk to, earpieces are an absolute necessity. And uh, that's why when we look at our, our sales to churches, earpieces are one of the top sellers. Surveillance earpieces, the, the most discreet type that have the clear tube, uh, mushroom tip, that's our biggest seller by far to churches, something like the um, – XLT SE100 is very popular, SE200. Well, I can imagine the radios themselves need to be quiet. They need to be able to turn off things like uh, the uh, talk confirmation tones and things like that where, you know, you're not getting beeps yeah. and, and well, squelch, you, uh, you know, noises and things like that. That's essential. And when you're using an earpiece, the radio directs all those be- Even if you have those on, all those beeps and sounds and things are directed through the earpiece, so only the person that's using it is going to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's absolutely essential. Um, another thing we see is indoor-outdoor use. Um, radios are used a lot of times for multiple uses. Like in the case of a, a church event, the radios yeah. that the ushers use on, on Sundays may be used for events that are outdoors. So uh, we like UHF radios for churches because they work well both indoors and outdoors. Mm-hmm. There are probably some uses for VHF, but by and large, uh, we see churches buying UHF radios, and, and with good reason. Mm-hmm. Some representatives of churches looking for radios who have posted in our forums request uh, features like direct call and group modes and, and certain other features like that to help them in... Um, I can see group modes being um, very essential, especially for larger churches. With, with a group mode, one way of doing a group mode is just by having multiple channels on your radio. So you could have... Security on channel one, parking on channel two, your uh, ushers on channel three, your uh, video guides on channel four, for example. And then everyone with a radio could easily just flip over and talk to another group if they needed to, but they would have um, segregated communications otherwise. Mm-hmm. Direct call, that that's a pretty specialized use, I would imagine, for churches, but there are some uses that um, would require that. A direct call is the ability to call a single radio or another single individual. Instead of having what you're saying over the radio go out to an entire group, you would talk to one specific person. And uh, there are radios that can accomplish that. 
like uh, the 900 megahertz radios. Some of the GMRS radios even have that ability, although it, it can be kind of difficult to use. Uh, long battery life is another feature that is uh, important for some churches. If, if you have services that run throughout the day or maybe a morning service and an evening service and you're using radios a lot and you don't have time to charge them in between, a radio with longer battery life is, is going to be important. That's true. Well, you know, I, th- I think probably the biggest requirement on these radios overall, and that's and it makes sense, is is uh, that they need to be somewhat inexpensive generally. I mean, the larger churches, they have the budgets. They can afford to spend more on and to go all out on the radios. But a lot of the smaller churches, they're on a tight budget and can't really afford to go out and get the the biggest and best out there. And so they need to... Well, any money, can. any money that a church is going to spend on radios is money that they're not going to be able to spend helping people mm-hmm. or, um, you know, doing the things that, that churches do best. Yeah, yeah. Um, so cost is, is a factor in a lot of these uh, purchases for radios or a lot of the considerations for radios. Um, given all of that, what are the recommended types of radios for churches that we can offer? Um, well, I would recommend to most churches a a business-type UHF radio. The most popular radios that we see churches buying are the CLS series radios from Motorola or a Kenwood TK3230. These are, as far as business radios go, they are inexpensive. They're they're in the uh, low hundreds price range, and uh, they use business frequencies, so you're not going to be subjecting yourself to interference typically from other places Mm -hmm. Um, the radios are very small very lightweight now the drawback to that is the range isn't as good they have short antennas Uh, they're not very powerful radios but oftentimes a church doesn't need a mile of range you're just Mm going to be using it in in, and around one building so a cls series radio from motorola or a tk3230 from kenwood is a, a perfect radio Using business UHF frequencies gives you some other advantages as well. Um, they're repeater capable a lot of times. If you need extra range, uh, they're compatible with call boxes and intercoms. If you need to set up a, a station somewhere for yeah, you know, a station. fixed station for people to, to access the radio system. And uh, there's a good good range of accessories available as well. Oh, well, yeah, there are a lot of a lot of accessories available for business class radios that would that would give them multiple options for for discrete communication. Right. Uh, some disadvantages of, of those types of radios is that a license is required um, for business UHF radios. Now, a church, being a nonprofit, can get discounted licensing, and a license is something that you're going to be purchasing, you know, once every ten years. So it's a good investment, and it helps ensure that you're not going to have interference. Mm-hmm. For smaller congregations, though, that might be a little bit cost prohibitive for them, even at the discount, some of the licensing and some of the cost of the business radios themselves. But there are other options for them. There are other types of radios that the smaller churches can go with. Um, sure. We, we have uh, smaller churches and larger churches as well using FRS GMRS radios. Mm-hmm. As long as uh, they're purchasing these radios and using the FRS channels, which are uh, 1 through 14 on low power, uh, a lot of times that's going to deliver the range that you need. And as long as you're using FRS, it's completely legal to use the radios, and uh, there's no license requirement. 
And they're, for the most part, the radios, these are small radios, they're light, they're easy to carry, so they're easy to conceal um, if they're concerned about uh, discrete communication. So that, that, you know, that's a plus. That's right. And, and you're going to save a lot of money going with those types of radios. But again, there are some disadvantages to that. The, the, um, these radios are not as durable as business class radios, so you may find yourself replacing them from time to time. Uh, the battery life typically isn't as good as with the business radios. The, the CLS and the Kenwood radios get, that I mentioned earlier, get around uh, 12 hours or so of battery life, and um, eight hours is more typical with an FRS radio. Mm-hmm. The, the range probably wouldn't be as good either, especially if you're using the FRS frequencies on low power. You may have some issues um, getting the range that you need, especially in a larger building. Yeah, now, in smaller, like uh, you were mentioning before, Anthony, some of the one-room churches, the smaller congregations, that's really not going to be an issue. That's right. Uh, they should be able to use those radios without too much trouble. But as you get into larger buildings and, and, and areas, that, that uh, yeah, um, that may be an issue. Right. Um, MERS radios is um, another type of radios we do see churches buying from time to time. I don't particularly recommend this. But um, MERS radios will give you a business class radio without the license requirement. But a disadvantage is it's using VHF instead of UHF. So range inside a building may not be the best, especially if you're going from inside a building, talking to someone outside the building. You may run into some issues. You also have a two-watt limit with uh, MERS radios, so that further limits your power. Now, once again, if it's a smaller church, it may not really be an issue, but for, for larger churches, yeah. Um, one of the other th- nice things about the MERS radios is that you have most of the advantages that we mentioned before of the business class radios. Right. You have uh, the accessories. You've got the compatibility with the call boxes and uh, intercom systems, uh, the wireless ones and things like That's that. Right. So that, that does help. But once again, as you said, if range is a concern, they'll want to really – Think about that carefully before uh, jumping in and purchasing that's uh, right. MERS radio. Um, 900 megahertz radios um, also are, are getting more and more popular with churches, especially the TriSquare brand. TriSquare radios are around the same price point as the FRS GMRS radios, but they have some advantages over the FRS GMRS radios. There, there's no license requirement like with GMRS. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the TriSquare TSX300s in particular, you have text messages. You can do direct calling as well as group calling. They uh, use a digital signal, so the clarity can be better. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a lot of advantages for a relatively small price. I think the TriSquares are going for around $80 for a, like that. A, a pair mm-hmm. compared to $139 for a single CLS radio for Motorola. Now, the 900 megahertz, uh, once again, it's it's somewhat limited range. Um, it's as good as pretty much most of the uh, FRS, GMRS yeah, radios it's, it's out It's going to be fine in um, and around a single building. Yeah. Um, but uh, you have the same durability problems that you're going to have with the FRS, GMRS radios. These tri-squares aren't built to business or military specifications, so you, you may run into some durability problems and find yourself replacing some radios. But they are um, fairly uh, easy to uh, carry radios, so if you need that portability, 
it does help to have them. So, yeah, I think in all, when it comes to the type of radio, it's really going to be a matter of each church looking at what their specific needs are, what their building is like and what their you know facilities are like in general, their property, and what they're going to be using them for, and then just kind of make their use their best judgment from there. Right. And if you have the budget for it, those CLS and uh, Kenwood TK3230 radios are, um, you know, we have a lot of churches in those radios, and they're happy with them. So if you have the budget for that, that's going to work in most cases, and that's going to be our recommendation. But feel free to give us a call, and, you know, we can help you and listen to your situation and figure out what's best for you and and what works for your budget. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Recommended accessories um, before we move on. Um, that surveillance headset, something like the uh, SE100, SE200 from XLT, or um, you know, Impact has uh, some surveillance options. There's a, a Rocket Science Star-style mm-hmm. earpiece. Those are all great options and very popular with churches. The, the surveillance style is discreet. That's the, the biggest advantage to it. When you look at someone wearing one of these, you're not going to notice it right away. You don't have a, a headset that's obvious. So um, that's, by and large, the most popular. But um, there's also hanger-type headsets like a, a D-Ring mm-hmm. or uh, an EB200 from XLT, which has a, a, a dark rubber piece that goes behind the ear. and It kind of clips over top of your ear. It's going to be a little more comfortable, probably, than the surveillance style, but it's more noticeable as well. Um, we see earbuds mm-hmm. are, are popular. These are something like an iPod style. Yeah, for some people, that's what they're familiar with. That's what they're used to. And for smaller churches, uh, where, where budgetary concerns are, are uh, a key issue, um, they're relatively inexpensive. That's right. Something else to consider is spare batteries. Mm-hmm. If uh, you think you're going to be pushing the battery life of your radio, spare batteries is, is a good thing to have on hand. And uh, also multi-chargers. We see lots of churches buying these, um, which is a bank that allows you to charge up to six radios at once instead of having a a ton of individual chargers sitting around in in one area. It's a lot neater and easier to organize. A lot easier to keep up with the radios as well. Yeah, yeah, because you're able to just park them all right there and everybody knows where they are. Yeah, check the uh, rebates as well. Often, Motorola and Kenwood will run specials where if you buy a certain number of radios, you get a free multi-charger. Or and a free radio, and in fact, we're running one right now. Yeah, that's that's available right now on both the Kenwood and the Motorola. Mm-hmm. If you buy six, you get your choice of a free radio or multi-charger. Yep. Okay, well, uh, anything else? Uh, uh, I think we pretty much covered uh, radios at church. Any, any other thoughts on Today's topic? I think we covered it pretty well. Okay. Uh, And, of course, uh, you know, if you're listening to the show, uh, you can use the uh, promo code SHOW and uh, get a 5% discount on uh, on any of the radios uh, that you purchase. Just enter the promo code at uh, checkout, or uh, if you're on the phone, just give us a call and uh, mention the promo code SHOW, S-H-O-W, and you can get that discount. All right, well, coming up, we'll review the Kenwood TK3300 Business Two-Way Radio. Is it a righteous radio? Well, we'll find out on the Two-Way Radio Show. Searching for two-way radios? 
Buy Two-Way Radios has what you need. Buy Two-Way Radios is the source for two-way radios and radio accessories from major name-brand manufacturers for businesses and consumers alike. Buy Two-Way Radios provides more than just great radios at a great price. We are a leading source of expert advice on the products that we sell and can assist in finding the perfect solution for you or your business. We also deliver great service. All of our products are stocked at our local warehouse. This allows us to guarantee processing time and fast shipment of your order. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy Two-Way Radios can help you find the best solution for you. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buytwowayradios.com weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Buy Two-Way Radios at buytwowayradios.com. Your radio specialists. You're listening to the Two-Way Radio Show. This week, we're going to review a business radio from Kenwood, the TK3300. Well, 3300, TK3300, is uh, available in two options. You've got the U4P and the U16P. One's a four-channel radio, one's a 16-channel radio. Um, They're two-watt radios, built of mil specs. Both include the lithium batteries, the... The rapid chargers. Overall, great little radio. They're pre-programmed with factory defaults. In other words, if you buy, you know, six 3300s, U4Ps or U16Ps, they'll, uh, you know, one day and then a month down the road you buy more, they'll be uh, set up out of the box to talk to each other. Now, they are fully user programmable. In other words, there's 89 pre-stored frequencies in each radio. And you can change those out through the handheld, and it's actually pretty simple with the the Kenwoods. They're, uh, they're this is a really user friendly radio, yeah. especially if you find yourself getting interference and you have to change frequencies yourself. Um, for a radio that doesn't have a screen and only has uh, three buttons and a couple uh, knobs, they make it really easy if you have to change those frequencies yourself. It's it's voice prompted. Yeah, exactly. That's what I like about it. Instead, oh, it's loaded with features. N- not having to listen to beeps like some mm-hmm. of the other, uh, you know, some of the competitor models. If I get somebody calls me over the phone and they're having difficulty, I can usually do it over the phone. It's easier, you know, to, to guide them through it. Uh, well, you're good at it anyway because you, you can program these things in your sleep. No, uh, <laughs> these probably, but some of them are can be rather difficult. But um, this is a really user-friendly, business-quality radio. I mean, it's it's strong, durable. I mean, if you hold this thing, it's solid. Uh, we don't get them back as far as returns. People are happy with this radio. And um, what I really like about this radio is the sound quality. Sound quality is great. Mm-hmm. I'd put this radio up against um, pretty much any other radio we sell, anything in the Kenwood line, really, as far as audio clarity and uh, the quality of the signal. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't step on my Vertex radios. You know, I love those Vertex uh, uh, speakers on those radios. But uh, They're good but the as Kenwoods well. Kenwoods are, are good. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, long battery life on this radio, I believe uh, 22 hours is typical battery life on this model. Mm-hmm. So um, that's based on uh, 90% standby, 5% transmit, 5% receive. But 22 hours is is uh, incredible, more than enough for most uses. Even 
after you've been using this radio for a year or so, a battery starts to, to weaken like they all do, mm-hmm. um, you're still going to have, for most uses anyway, a lot of battery. Oh, oh, we have an audio sample of the uh, Kenwood TK3300. Why don't we play that? I think we will. Kenwood TK3300 U4P sound check for bytwowayradios.com. Kenwood TK3300 U4P sound check for bytwowayradios.com. Okay, what'd you think of that? I told you it was clear. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony's just overwhelmed. Yeah, it was. Uh, He's tearing up, I think. <laughs> clear that is. It was. For a second. Uh, okay. Uh, now, among a lot of these other features, uh, there's uh, manager lockout. Uh, we can cover the manager lockout. We don't get a lot of requests for people to to add the manager lockout or the supervisor super lock. Um, mainly, we hear about the super lock when people have activated it by accident by holding <laughs> one of the side buttons down too long, and then then their other buttons stop working because it's it's locked. Um, so we get some requests sometimes for, hey, my, my radio is not doing what I expect it to do. The biggest, the, that's the, I can't stand Superlock. I usually will, uh, unless somebody asks for it, I'll usually shut it off. Really? Because I remove it from the side key because I just don't like it. But um, I could see some uses for that. It's it's fine it handy. if you don't want, if you, everybody stays on, you know, say you buy a 16 channel radio and you want a certain person to stay on channel one. Mm-hmm. If they activate Superlock, even if they turn it to channel 14, they're still going to be on channel 1 technically. It's locked onto that no matter what. It can't change anything. It's a good feature if you've got a lot of employees using radios and, you know, they're coming to you going, hey, my radio's not working. Well, you can put it in lock mode and, you know, nothing that employee's going to do is going to mess it, it up. It's going to mess it up. They're yeah. always going to be fine. Unfortunately, where we hear about it is the opposite, where someone's activated it by accident, and <laughs> they don't know what they've done. They go, well, I turned it to channel 16, but I'm still hearing what people are saying on channel 1. Well, because you activated Superlock while it was on channel 1, and it doesn't matter what you change to. So it's it's an easy fix. Um, how, do you, how do you disable the Superlock? Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to hold down, um, you turn the radio off, you're going to hold down the second key on the side, turn the radio on and it will just the led will turn orange i think and it'll be kind of resets and it just it doesn't reset the radio but it re- removes that right. super lock because super lock remains on even when you shut the radio off it's not just a you know some radios you can just turn the radio off and it turn it back on and it resets everything but not with this well you know what they say whenever you come up with a with another idiot proof solution someone comes up with a uh, <laughs> better idiot yeah that's right <laughs> you might be right on that uh, we we also get a lot of questions on uh, what's the difference between these two. There's a $20 price difference between the U4P and the U16P, and uh, people kind of scan the website closely to see if there's anything other than the number of channels that are different, and there's not. The radios are identical. The extra $20 gets you an extra 12 channels in the case of the U16P. Hmm. Everything else on the radio is identical. If you don't need more than four channels, go with the lower cost option, get the, the U4P. That's good to know. And they'll talk to each other, though, too. So if you've got you, some people that need four channels or you need got some that need 16 channels, and but they still need to talk, they will, are compatible. Right out of the box, they'll talk. Oh. 
Well, that's good. Any uh, any other comments or thoughts on uh, on the TK thirty three hundred? This is a good quality professional radio. There's a lot of low cost accessories available for this radio. Uh, Kenwood has multi chargers, uh, headsets, replacement parts are really easy to come by. Mm-hmm. Kenwood's a very popular line of radio, the number two radio manufacturer in the world. You, you can't go wrong choosing one of these radios. And until December 31st, 2011, Kenwood is offering a $30 rebate and a multi unit charger when you buy six. For every, yeah, for every six for that six, you order. Six radios, yeah. And that's through the end of the year, $30 yeah. per radio and a free multi-charger. Yeah. That's something to consider. That's a deal. It is. Okay. Uh, well, we've got some questions and answers from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Okay, and the first one uh, comes from uh, Ariel777. And he says, Okay, so I just purchased some very nice Midland GXT1000s based on all the reviews and recommendations I've read. Only one review I came across mentioned something about the push-to-talk button being harder than normal to push, but I passed over it as a minor complaint since nobody else mentioned it. But it's the one thing about this radio that's really bothering me. I don't know why they had to make it like this. The push-to-talk buttons on my older GXT450s are a lot easier to use. So I'm wondering if the GXT760 radios have an easier push-to-talk button. They are technically identical to the 1000s but are not as waterproof. Um, they may not have as much protective rubber to push through. Um, that might be the issue there. Uh, has anyone else compared these two that can comment on them? Thanks. And that's from Ariel777. That's a great question. I, I have actually compared these two radios, and um, he's he's right by talking about the weatherproofing. The GXT1000 is made to be more waterproof than the GXT760 or any, anything else in the middle of the line. So in making it more waterproof, my theory anyway is that they had to pad that push-to-talk button a little more to keep water from seeping into the radio from the push-to-talk button area. And I believe a consequence of that is it's a little bit harder to press than with some other radios. I've compared the 1000 to the 760, and if you think that's going to be an issue for you, go with the 760 if you don't need the extra waterproofing. The the push-to-talk button is easy to press, and it's it's an easy click on the 760 and 795, which is the camo version. So that, the 760 avoids that issue. Yeah, I, I have a, the GXT 1050s, which are pretty much the same same thing. And it's a little bit harder to, to press because they're also waterproof like the 1000s. Uh, but it really, doesn't really bother me because, for one thing, I have big hands and I have fat fingers. So it really doesn't it really doesn't affect me as much. But for some people with smaller hands, like like children and uh, smaller, that that might be. Yeah, we don't hear complaints on this uh, a whole lot, but it's definitely a difference from the radios. Mm-hmm. And seven sixty is easier. Okay. The next question comes from Marlo, and uh, he's asking, um, and this is a response to. Um, Episode 15, where we gave an introduction to CB radios. And his question is, wondering if this radio is worth getting, the Galaxy 959. Um, I can pretty much answer that one. It's a very popular radio that's used by uh, a lot of professionals. It, it's very popular with truckers, as a matter of fact. Um, I would say that the Galaxy 959 is, is, is a pretty good choice. One thing, you're getting the classic CB radio look. You know, it, it has that classic look right, of a CB right. radio. It's also pretty rugged, 
and uh, and it comes with a two year warranty too. So um, that's uh, that's a pretty good deal. Galaxy it, is a, a well known manufacturer. They've got a they're a pretty big name in CB radios, and and they're well respected. Yeah, and this one's a high-end unit. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, I would say that the Galaxy 959 is a good choice. Um, oh, the next question comes from uh, Fraternus, and um, he's responding to Episode 8, and that's when we were talking about uh, privacy codes. He says, I listened to this episode from memory. I think the host decided on something like anti-interference codes. Uh, seems to me this might be as counterproductive as calling them privacy codes. I think the hosts mean audio interference or perceived interference, but I worry it hides the fact that radios on the same channel will still experience signal interference. In fact, the PL codes make it more likely since Joe's six-pack will not check for channel activity before keying up. I can't think of a good term, but something like anti-chatter code or quiet code would get the idea across without suggesting there is no actual interference. That's from Fraternus. Well, he makes a good point. If if I recall uh, on that episode, we spent some time covering all the different names that it seems like different manufacturers have trademarked different names Mm -hmm. for for these um, interference eliminator codes. And there's a lot of different ways to refer to them. Kim Wood calls them quiet talk codes, um, private line codes, digital private line codes, interference eliminator codes. Privacy codes seems to be the the, um, most common way we hear them referred to. So that's usually what we're going to call them around here, although it's a very bad way to describe it. And he also brings up a good point that all you're doing is, is keeping your radio from allowing you to hear the transmission that's going over that frequency. The transmission is still there, so if your radio is just blocking a, a transmission and you try to transmit, your transmission may not go through because that channel is busy, and yeah. you just may not know it. So he's absolutely right. Okay, and our uh, final one is a um, is a comment. This is from Rex V, very short comment. Uh, he just says, and he's responding to um, episode 22, Radios for Restaurants. We talked about using radios in the restaurant business. And uh, he just very simply said, very informative, well-explained discussion. So, Because uh, we got into quite a bit of detail on using radios for restaurants. Um, well, thanks but, for that comment. Yeah, we really appreciate that. And um, I guess that pretty much does it for the Q&A this week. Uh, send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussion at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, Zoom Marketplace, Blueberry.com, or stream it on Stitcher. Um, Before we go, any other comments about today's topic? I don't think so. Nope. No? Okay, we're pretty much done for today, huh? Okay, well... Unfortunately so. Yeah. It's it's always it's always tough to end the show. Back to work. Yeah. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWay Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening, and until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.